listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. Good afternoon and welcome. I greet you with the greeting of St. Francis. May the Lord give you peace. Amen. The church has a little note in the uh, Ordo book that notes that priests are allowed to say three masses today. So just after midnight last night, a lot of my priest friends were texting around. I just said my first All Souls Mass, you know, like some of the really night owl, zealous priests, as soon as it hits midnight, boom, you know, like let's do the first Mass. So um, I've done that a few times, but not this year. Um, so what an interesting day, huh? Purgatory, All Souls, commemoration of all the departed faithful. From the Catechism of the Catholic Church, Purgatory, a state of final purification after death and before entrance into heaven for those who died in God's friendship but were only imperfectly purified, a final cleansing of human imperfection before one is able to enter the joy of heaven. So there it is. Sometimes people will be like, does the church still teach about purgatory? I never hear about it. Well, go to church on All Souls Day. <laughs> You'll hear about it. Okay. And... Um, Man, it is just such an interesting topic. It's so fascinating. Anything to deal with what happens after we die is so mysterious. We can look at a number of uh, passages in the Bible, including this um, passage I read from the Gospel of John, where Jesus says things like, the dead in the tombs will hear my voice. You know, And so they're dead from our perspective, but in God all are alive. And uh, there's been a lot of alleged mystics and visions and private revelation. There's all these very popular books on purgatory. Anybody here ever read some of those purgatory books? Come on, you could admit it. Okay. <laughs> you know, why wouldn't we? You know, I'm super interested. What is this all about? You know, I'm pretty sure I'm going there. So uh, I'd like to know ahead of time, like, what do I need to pack? You know, like, <laughs> that was for you. <laughs> um, and yet, for what's clear in the church teaching, in the, the different biblical passages that kind of give us a hint, even though the word purgatory is not in the Bible, the concept is in a number of different places. Um, and then we have the tradition of the church going all the way back to from the Jews to the early church to even now, the, the noble practice of praying for the dead, praying for the deceased. Um, so we have to be careful with the, the popular books and the mystics and the private revelations sometimes gets a little weird or it gets a little unbalanced or, you know, so we always want to stick with like the Bible and what the church teaches. And I just gave it to you right there. It is, you know, it's mysterious. So it is a place of purification. Thus the word purgatory, where you are purged the remnants of the effect of sin to make you able to stand in the presence of the God who is all pure love and goodness. Um, you probably have heard me say before, I compare purgatory to um, the car wash. You know, so purgatory is not a final destination for anyone. Purgatory is a process that you go through on your way to heaven. So everybody in purgatory are saved. They are saints. They are going to be in heaven. It's not like a second chance, like you get to purgatory, then maybe you go to heaven, maybe you go to hell. No, the purgatory in the fire of hell is not the same thing as the fire of purgatory. Some people have said that the church corrected that. That's not the case. And so we have this mysterious day where we pray for all souls. Remember the first week of November, including today, the church offers special indulgences. If you go to a cemetery and pray 
for the deceased, pray for the repose of their souls. Um, you're kind of doing it now because we have a little cemetery right here. <laughs> so just go out the door and look over there and you're visiting a cemetery. Pray for our founders, Monsignor Colgan, John Hafford, the, some of the family. Um, and they have all these wild stories. I love the stories. Uh, different saints like St. Saint Padre Pio used to have the gift of seeing and talking to angels and also souls in purgatory would come to him. And a couple of times he told the brothers when he's standing at the altar during Mass, there are more souls from purgatory there than people sitting in the pews. And imagine how packed his Masses were. So I've often thought of that. So I, I don't see souls in purgatory, but when I'm standing there, sometimes I become aware. And of course, in the prayers of the liturgy, there are moments when we pray for the deceased, you know. Which doesn't make sense if they're already in heaven. They don't need our prayers, right? So there's the practice of the church. Um, one, one of my favorite stories, which seems to be somewhat level-headed, is in the diary of St. Faustina. So you know St. Faustina, the Divine Mercy Saint. So she has a couple of really interesting passages where she was taken to purgatory by her guardian angel. And she sees the souls who are suffering there. They're being purified, longing to be united with God. And um, she sees Mother Mary visiting the souls in purgatory. And I don't know, she's consoling them somehow. Um, and then her angel tells her that the souls in purgatory call her Star of the Sea. Isn't that interesting? Because we know that's an ancient title for Mother Mary. Kind of like the lighthouse or the stars that guide the people in the ships. You know, Star of the Sea, Stella Maris. That Mother Mary would be consoling the souls in purgatory as they're getting ready to finally make it home to that eternal shore. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And then there's other stories of other saints who have had experiences of souls in purgatory manifesting themselves to ask for prayers. And um, I remember when I was a young friar, one of the older priests in my community, you may have heard of him, Father Benedict Groeschel. He used to tell us, you know, make sure you pray for your, your deceased ancestors, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your great-great-grandparents, your great-great-great-grandparents. You know, he says, you do not want to get to heaven and meet these people. It's like... I was in purgatory and you're my great, 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 great grandson. You're a priest and you never said mass for me. You know, like you don't want to have that conversation. So pray for your family, family, friends, benefactors, and the deceased. And then also think of the souls of people who maybe come from a tradition where they don't know about praying for the dead. So like Protestant Christians or other religions or whatever, that um, we could pray for them also. You know, pray for all the holy souls in purgatory, right? Let's, let's not leave anyone out. We're going to pray for everybody and ask for God's grace, God's mercy to be upon them. Now, while it is a place of suffering, it is a place of purification, um, a couple of the blesseds have also said, now this is interesting, the souls in purgatory experience a joy greater than any joy we could know here. So it's also a place of joy because their salvation is assured. They are saved. They are going to heaven. And evidently, there is a joy of that. Even though you're suffering to be purified, so that's an interesting complementary idea that even in the suffering of purgatory, there is a joy that those souls have that's greater than the greatest joy that we can know here. Now this is something, huh? You know, and so it is also a message of great hope and consolation. You know, that we have this beautiful gift in um, his encyclical on saved by hope, Pope Benedict XVI, Cardinal Ratzinger, he had suggested that maybe the fires of purgatory is Jesus himself. That when the soul dies, you come before God, you meet Jesus, and you encounter this Jesus who is just such 
pure, fiery love, that that experience of encountering him is the purification that happens. And um, we're not sure in terms of like, what's the timing of this, right? You know, so like, you know, do you do, is it like a jail sentence? You know, because Jesus does make references to the metaphor of going to jail for a while in some of his teachings. You know, like I spent 10 years in purgatory or, you know, or was it Our Lady at Fatima told the children, this one teenage girl who died, she's going to be in purgatory until the end of time. Okay, I don't know what happened there, but let's pray for her. Uh, so it's not clear with the timing, because once you die, you pass outside of space and time. You're in the realm of mystery. And there was times in days of old, you may have seen old prayers. If you did this indulgence, you got 500 days, you know, and people misunderstood that to think, oh, 500 days off purgatory. And that, that's not what the church was actually saying there. So it's, it's an interesting note of clarification that the graces offered would be the graces equivalent of doing 500 days of penance. So that's what those numbers meant in the days of old. But the church doesn't necessarily put it out that way anymore because it's so confusing. So we just, you know, abandon everything to his grace and mercy. And I think ultimately that's the message of today, huh? We abandon everything to his grace and his mercy. The souls of the deceased, our loved ones, those who are making their way to experience the fullness of God's presence. And we ask for their help and prayers as well. Again, today is an extension of All Saints Day. They are saved. They are with the Lord on the way. And so these mysteries are, are revealed to us to encourage us. You know, that let us be encouraged as we make our way as well. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans